Thank you guys so much. What a blessing, what a blessing, what a blessing. It's so good to see you here today, and I know it's really hot outside. And I always think of those who have to work out in the heat, and I was just looking over at Weston earlier, and I'm thinking working on that 10. Brother, my prayers go out for you. That is difficult. And others that were working outside, isn't it good to be here today? You know, we've got somebody in the house today that hasn't been here in a long time, and one of my favorite people. Linda Long. Would you give a round of applause for Linda Long? She is a sweetheart. Taught school for 155 years. I'll tell you, it's good to be here, and God is blessing it. Hey, by the way, let me just do this little infomercial real quick, okay? School's starting back, and uh, we need to get back in action. And what I mean by that is we need to kick it up a notch because the last few years with COVID, uh, people have just gotten out of the habit of being in church and Sunday school, and I'm just going to challenge you and those that are listening online, reconnect, reconnect, get back involved. We need Sunday school teachers to step up. We need volunteers, and I'm going to ask you at to pray about that, and if God lays it upon your heart, to call the office and, and let us know that you're willing to serve, because we need to restart some classes that uh, we don't have any longer, and uh, God needs to be glorified, because we have only a certain amount of time on planet Earth to make a difference in the lives of others, so I'm going to challenge you, get back in the saddle, and do what God has called you to do, Amen. By the way, it's okay to say amen. When a, when a good song, at the end of it, you can say amen, or hallelujah, praise the Lord, or whatever you, well, within reason, whatever you want to do. If you have your Bibles, open them up to John chapter 15. We have been in John's gospel for a long time, probably a couple of years now. And I, I want to want us to look at chapter 15. Chapter 15 is one of the most important chapters in my life because it's then when I read chapter 15 and realized how vital that was for me not to produce the fruit of love, joy, peace, etc., but to realize that I am only there to reflect that, that the Lord is to work through me and you as believers because we can't manufacture that. So I just entitled the message, Are You Connected to the Vine? And uh, I was going to try to go and get a plant and have it in here and, and do all kinds of things so you could see what, what it's like to, uh, for the illustration that Jesus gives us here. And by the way, isn't it amazing that Jesus can take simple objects and make incredible lessons out of them that we remember? Incredible that He can do that, but He's God, so He can do all things. If you've been with us in chapter 14, you know this, uh, it was the, uh, the story of Jesus saying, listen, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to prepare a place, and I'll come back and get you. And the disciples are all concerned, and Jesus basically says, listen, your joy can, in me can be complete. And He wants their joy to be complete. And then we come to chapter 15, and He tells how their joy can be complete, how they can trust, and how they can embrace, and how they can live a life beyond wonderful. So stand with me as we read this text of Scripture. Chapter 15, starting in verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit he prunes, 
that it may bear more fruit. If you, already, if you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. Father, I pray today that these words may resonate in our lives. I pray, Father, that we would become so determined to stay attached to you, to produce fruit in the lives of others, that they may see your good works and glorify you. And, Father, I pray today that you would just take these simple words that Jesus spoke, and, Father, that you would allow them to just uh, infuse our life with a transformative power that only the presence of your Holy Spirit can give. And Lord, we might live life to the fullest and glorify your Son. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Jesus gave this powerful illustration of the vine. And the picture is of the Christian life and how we should live the Christian life. Because so many people in their Christian life think they have to manufacture these things. These, this joy, this peace, this love, this long-suffering, this patience, this goodness, this self-control. And they think, well, it, it, those are things that I have to work on. So every day they make this list. I'm going to be joyful. I'm going to be loving. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be compassionate. I'm going to be long-suffering toward people. I'm even going to be patient. And then you come to the traffic light. And the person in front of you, when it turns green, doesn't go. And your patience is then tested. And here's what I've always thought. I, because sometimes you want to hit the horn, you know, just give them a little reminder, hey, you need to go. But here's what I've started thinking about as I've gotten older. You know, that's probably an older person up there or a younger person. And the younger person's probably looking on their phone. The older person, they're just there. <laughs> You know, I, I, like my grandfather. My grandfather, when he used to walk across the room, sometimes he would just stop. I'm like, why are you stopping? You've got a destination. Go. Well, sometimes I understand why you stop. Because I don't know if I'm supposed to be going into that room or coming out of that room now. You know, things change in your life. And, 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 and you're just not what you used to be. But Jesus gives this illustration. And this illustration of the vine, there's four things I need to point out, four characters in this story that I think we need to understand prior to getting into the meat of the matter. First off, the vine. The vine is Jesus. And when we, when we see uh, Jesus being the vine, we understand the concept because in, in uh, Psalm chapter 80, Jesus ta- talks about taking Israel out of Egypt and planting them in the promised land and they were to be a true vine. And he said, listen, that that was the vine, but I am the true vine and you can do nothing apart from me. So God says, listen, I 
am the vine. Jesus is the vine. So we understand if I'm going to produce fruit, then I need to stay connected to the vine. Why? Because the gardener, number two, is the Father. And as the gardener, the Father has actions regarding what He does to the branches. Sometimes He comes and He prunes the branches. And sometimes He cuts the branches off. And then they wither and turn brown and He throws them in the fire and and they are consumed. But when a branch doesn't produce fruit, the vine dresser has to chop away at it to stimulate the tree or the vine to produce fruit. And it's amazing how that works. It seems like it'd be counterintuitive. However, it produces more fruit. The branches represent people, us. We are the branches. And the branches in and of themselves can produce nothing. All that we can do is produce what comes through the vine because otherwise we try to manufacture it. And let me tell you, back when I first entered ministry, and I was a pastor for six years uh, at Viola, and when I was there, I was young, dumb, excited, wanted to do well. I wanted to make a difference and, and you know, I, I, I just worked myself to death. But, it, but so much of what I did came from me. It wasn't coming from the Lord. I thought I had to manufacture it. And, 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 and I, I worked incredibly hard to do that. And, and God still blessed. But I wore myself out. And there's frustration and there's fatigue in that. Because you're not abiding, but you're trying to produce the fruit yourself. And God said, listen, you can't produce the fruit in and of yourself. And then the fourth thing... The fourth characteristic is the fruit. And the fruit is the nature of Jesus that is displayed in our lives. So, it, it, the, the, it, being the vine, the, all that good fruit, that, all that nutrition comes from Jesus out into the branches, and the branches simply bear fruit. That's the outward expression of the inward nature of the vine. So, If we're going to produce fruit and more fruit, much fruit, then what we need to do is learn four practical lessons. And these four practical lessons are are just that, practical. So the first lesson I want you to understand is this. Fruit is proof of my relationship with Jesus. I mean, now, now you think about it. When you look at a fruit tree, and it's an apple tree, you know it's an apple tree. How? It has apples. You know an orange tree is an orange tree because it has oranges. Yeah, we can be interactive. It's okay to speak. I know a lot of you speak all the time. Why, do you, why are you so silent now? But, you know, and, and just like going to a grape vine, you know it's a grape vine because it produces grapes. So it, it's, it's very obvious what it is. But in the Christian life, if we don't produce fruit, guess what? People don't know if we're a believer or not. And next week we're going to talk about joy. And I'm telling you, unfortunately, so many Christians are so joyless. You ever notice that? I mean, it's like they're just mad, walking around, sad. That's not the way believers ought to be. You know, we ought to be, I mean, we, we've, got it, we've got it going on. I mean, if, if, if the Lord comes and gets us, We win. If the Lord leaves us here, we win. Why are we so joyless? Listen, put a smile on your face. It might put a smile on somebody else's face. Man, thank you. I don't know who said that, but I appreciate that. Those are hard to get anymore. But when it comes to people, 
We are to be fruit inspectors. I mean, some people say, well, I'm a Christian, but they don't, they, they don't exhibit any of the fruit of the Spirit. And it makes you wonder now, it's not our job to, to, to say, yes, you are, no, you're not. That's between them and the Lord. But if there's no fruit, guess what? That's, that, that's evidence against us being believers. In fact, <clears throat> in Matthew chapter 7, verse 16, the text tells us, you will know them how? By their fruits, right? You'll, that's how you'll know them. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Well, of course, the, the answer is obvious. No, that's not the way it works. But if, if we are going to be believers that make a difference in the lives of others, then what we have to do is abide in the vine and then let Jesus produce fruit through us, but we have to be receptive. We have to be willing. We have to say, Lord, this is your will and for your glory, and this is what I will do. And verse 8 of our text says, By this my Father will be glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Listen, and, 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 and what the litmus test is is that we're producing fruit that that there's something that's visible in our life that attracts other people have you ever just been around somebody that attracts people i mean they're just like a magnet and 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 there are believers that are that way they just have this magnetic personality that jesus is working through them and and people are drawn to christ because of them and they want to know what they have now and the metaphor that, that we have here, it's talking about our character. What is there? And, 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 and as we looked last week, we have joy, and, and we're to have love, and we're to have peace. And those are the three qualities or fruits that should be evident in our life right off the bat. People should just be able to see that. I mean, those are the first three in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. And, and, and people should see that and just say, there's something special about that person, and I would like to know what it is. And then that, that's a conversation starter. And then you might be able to say, well, let me tell you why I have love. Let me tell you why I have joy. Let me tell you why I have peace. It's because of a guy. A guy, yeah. His name is Jesus. And then we were able to have that in. And then we're able to communicate effectively with that person and potentially lead them into a relationship with Christ as well. Now, when we produce fruit, that means we are firmly attached to the vine. So, if you were to be inspected today, would there be any evidence of fruit in your life? That's a question you have to answer. Second thing that I see in our text is this. I can't produce fruit. I display the fruit that Jesus produces. We, we just display it. We don't produce it. Some people say, well, you, you can manufacture joy. You can manufacture love. You can manufacture peace. Well, I'm going to tell you what. If you try to do that on your own, you're going to be exhausted, frustrated, and, and you're just going to say, I can't do this any longer. So a branch isn't to produce fruit. A branch is simply to represent the vine and show off the glory of God through that. Now, if you have a type A personality, what you often want to do is manufacture it. I mean, because if you're a type A, you're a list guy. You, you make this list, and unfortunately, I'm a list maker. And I make those lists, and then I check them off when they're done. But I want you to understand, when you're, when you're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, you can't manufacture that. You can't say, well, all right, I'm, I'm going to be loving today. 
I'm going to work to be extremely loving. I'm going to do all I can. And I'm going to be joyful everywhere I go. I'm going to have this goofy grin on my face. And, 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 and then I'm going to have this peace and this peace that passes all understanding. I'm going to exhibit that. And if you try to manufacture that, it just won't work. And by the way, people can look through that and realize that's not real. That's not real. But when it's manufactured by the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life, people can see that that's real. That's what I want. That's something special. And listen to verse 4. What verse 4 has to say to us? Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I read this story several years ago about uh, this gentleman in Africa who was kind of a leader of his tribe, and, and uh, the tribe needed some supplies from town. So they gathered what little money they had, and they gave it to the tribal leader. He went to town, and he had never been to town before. And he walked into this room, and, and it was with, with another man, and that man flipped on a switch, and boom, there's a light. Plastic switch on the wall, a globe hanging from the ceiling, he thought, wow, that's incredible. So he took the money that was given to him, bought at the hardware store a plastic switch and a globe. And he took it back to the village, and they said, what's that? He said, well, you just wait till tonight. Come to my house, and I'll show you when it gets dark. Well, he put the switch, plastic switch on the wall, hung the globe from the ceiling. Uh, uh, some of the men gathered together with him. He said, now watch, flip the switch. What do you think happened? That's right, nothing. Nothing. Because we know why the electricity flowing from the switch to the light wasn't there. So it doesn't matter that there's a switch on the wall and a, and a globe hanging from the ceiling, if there's no power connected to it, there's nothing that will come from that. And that's the same way with the Holy Spirit in our life. If we don't stay connected to Jesus, listen, the fruits of the Spirit will not be evident in our lives. So what we have to do is, is work to abide, to abide. That means to be, to be constantly in contact with Jesus. How, 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 do, how do we do that? Well... Often what we do, we wait to pray about the big things, right? Lord, I've got this test if you're in school. And Lord, I need you to get me through this. Or, or for those of us, you're raising kids. God, just give me patience not to kill them. And, and I mean, you know, you're, you're praying those kind of prayers. And, and uh, the big things, Lord, you know I need a job. You, Lord, you know this medical condition. I, I have to have your help. I can't do it. But you know what God wants us to do? How we stay connected and abide is this way. When you get up in the morning, Lord, thank you for the rest and then when you go to the brush your teeth, Lord, thank you that I have a bathroom to brush my teeth in and go to the bathroom and take a shower. And Lord, thank you. And, and what that means is we stay in this constant connection with Christ by the simple things because He wants to br us to bring all things to Him. And often what we do is we just want to bring the big things because we don't want to bother God. Well, let me tell you something. You can't exhaust God's ear. He knows all, sees all, hears all, and He wants to be in connection with you. So stay connected with Him, and then He will bless you. Verse 2 says these words. In verse 2 it says, 
Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. So here, here's the thought. Fruitful branches, fruitful branches are pruned to produce more fruit. Now, as I said earlier, that sounds counterintuitive. I mean, what do you mean you prune, you take away to get more? Now, if you have a, if you have a vine that's not producing, you know what they do? They snip it off. They cut it off because it, it's, it's not productive. And when you go to a vineyard, you'll often see in that vineyard, you'll see some vines that have gouges and hacks in them. Because they, what they do, they take a, a knife and, or an axe and they'll, they'll, they'll hit that and, and it, it releases something within that vine that causes it to be more fruitful. So fruitful branches are pruned so they produce more fruit. Now... Imagine you're going along in your Christian life and everything is just rocking along great. The nine fruits of the Spirit, man, everybody says they're evident in your life. Man, you think you're knocking it out of the park. God's going to show up and give you a blue ribbon. I mean, you're going to get a silver star, a gold star. Uh, He's going to pat you on the back and say, great job. Nope, doesn't work that way. The divine gardener comes along and he starts pruning things from your life. He starts cutting things out of your life. You say, Lord, don't take that. Oh, that hurts. Lord, don't remove that. Father, why can't I have that? But he's doing it for one reason and one reason alone. So you will produce more fruit as you abide in him. And did you notice, if you'll read through that again, it talks about abiding over and over and over. And our responsibility is simply to abide. I was talking with a man who is around a lot of orchards, uh, and he was telling me, he said, those vines with the most gouges and hacks are the most productive vines there. And that doesn't sound right, but he said, the more that you stress it, the better it produces. And so Jesus wants us to produce more fruit in our lives that others may see Him and glorify our Heavenly Father who is in heaven. Now, some of you are going through difficult times. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's an illness. Uh, maybe it's a bad diagnosis. Maybe it's a loss of a loved one. And, and, and you're going through that. Listen, don't get bitter. Don't get angry. Don't say, why me? Say, Lord, show me what you want me to learn from this. Help me to grow from this. Help me to produce more fruit as I abide in you, that you may be glorified. Accept the pruning, even though it is painful. That's part of being a believer. Sometimes people have this mistaken concept that once I follow Christ... My life's going to be perfect. I'm never going to have any struggles. Wrong. You're going to have more struggles. It's going to be more difficult. Why? Because you now have an adversary that is against you because you're in the game. You're a believer. And you will be challenged more and more. Fourthly and finally, my primary job is to remain firmly connected to Jesus. If I cut off 
a grapevine branch and threw it down on this stage. And then I looked at it and I said to that branch that had been disconnected from the vine, now produce grapes. You'd think I was crazy. You said, it, it can't produce grapes. It's not connected. How do you expect it to produce Produce grapes. It's impossible for it to produce grapes. Why? Because it can't manufacture it on its own and it's been removed from the vine. And people try to do that all the time. They say, I, I, I can do this on my own. No, you can't live the Christian life. All you can do is allow Jesus to live the Christian life through you. Look at verse 5, what it says. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me. And I in him, guess what, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And the sooner we learn that, the happier we're going to be. And the sooner we learn that, the more joy that we're going to experience. And the sooner we learn that, the more love we're going to exhibit. And as soon as we understand that and learn that concept and abide in Christ, then we're going to have that peace that he offers. But not until then. So apart from Him, we can't experience those beautiful things, peace, love, and joy. I I need to understand my responsibility, and that's simply to remain in Him. And that word remain or abide is the word meno, and it means to stay connected, to cling to with all of your might. It's used ten times in the verses that we have here. Fruit, you know fruit grows, right? I mean, it grows. You don't ever go up to a grapevine and watch a fully developed grape just pop out, do you? You don't ever see a fully developed apple pop out. Fruit grows. And as we abide in Christ, the fruit in our life continues to grow. Because we stay connected to Christ at all cost. Now, God has given us a lifetime to produce fruit. To display His personality and His character traits. And our responsibility as we age is to do more and more of that. Because we're remaining attached to the vine. Didn't ask my mother if I could use this illustration, so I, eating lunch with her, she may get on to me later, but so be it. <clears throat> my mother is 81 now. And she said to me, you know, I, I read my Bible more than I ever have. I pray more than I ever have. I'm staying more connected to Christ than I ever have. And you know what? I asked her, I said, why do you think that? And she said, well, one reason is you have more time <laughs> when you're retired. But the second reason is you realize how much you need Him. So you stay connected. And I think that's probably true. The key to being in the vine is to trust Him. And how we do that is by saying, Lord... You come and you take over my life. Take over my life. Take over my life. Because you can't have two kings on the same throne because one's going to get kicked off. And you can't have yourself on your heart's throne. And Jesus too, it has to be Christ if He is going to rule and control. And if not, 
you're not going to experience love, joy, peace, and all of the rest. So let me ask you this question. Are you abiding in the vine? Do you have that peace, that joy, and that love? Let's bow. If you do not, this is a time where you ask Christ to take charge of your life. Heavenly Father, I pray today for every person here. That each of us today would know that we are abiding in you. And if not, we would begin. And Father, I pray if there's someone here that does not know you today, they would give you their lives. And Father, it is all about you. Thank you for the precious gift of your Son, the true vine, that we can abide and we can live. And Father, I pray for those who may need to become part of this assembly and those who need to become part of the family of God, to have their names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Lord, would you just do a mighty work in their life today for your glory and your honor. In